We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How do you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nothing but nonstop hustle all the time. Work, family, friends, a million pressing social issues, and an expectation to be on 24-7. Sometimes you just need a moment to turn off and hit the reset button. That's when you reach for an ice-cold Coors Light, the beer that's made to chill. Listen, there's a lot going on in Green Bay right now, and I feel like we could all use a moment to chill with a Coors Light. See, Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's literally made to chill. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. Perfect for a moment to unwind. Coors Light is what I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in their all-new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado, and as always, celebrate. Twenty minutes a day, three hundred sixty-five days a year. This is the Pack a Day Podcast. Welcome into the Wednesday edition of the Pack a Day Podcast. I'm C. Edge, joined as always by Desi Evelyn and Sarah Kelher. What's going on, guys? Who's excited? It's me. 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 Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh my God, that's outstanding. Uh, <laughs> me. Me. You're like we sounded like kids, like yep. when you're bringing out dessert. Me. me. Le- legitimately, that's like what my kids sound like. Like, all right, who wants a popsicle? Me. Me. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> how's everybody doing? Good. Great. Just great. I'm, I mean, apparently Dusty and I are on the same wavelength right now, so I, I'm just going to let him take that one. Which is always really fun for me, because then you guys are jackasses to me. So this is going to be a fun episode, I can already tell. Um, yeah. We, there's nothing going on, let's be honest. There's legitimately no Packers news or anything, so... Like we always like to do, we want to know what you guys want to hear about. So we did a uh, Twitter mailbag. We got a lot of replies, which we always thank you uh, thank you guys for. Weren't able to get to all of them, but uh, we tried to pick and choose some of the most diverse ones to get to. So we are going to start off with uh, Eric Rose, who wants to know. He's got three questions for us. Number one, the road game you most want to go to. Number two, your favorite opposing fan base. And number three, peanut butter and jelly, 
grape or strawberry. So uh, hats off to Eric because he obviously gets our brand. Uh, thank you, my friend, for that question. Sarah, let's start with you. What's the uh, first road game you would want to go to? Okay, so for this one, I'm, I've talked about it a bajillion times already on the podcast that if there are fans at the NFL for the NFL season this year, that I'll be going to the Tampa Bay game. So I felt like that was an obvious choice for me. So I went ahead and picked the New Orleans game because for me, Tampa Bay, I'm like, I'm getting in my car and driving no matter what. Like, that, that's a given. Sorry. Um, so for the New Orleans game, I just think it would be really exciting. Never have been to the area. Um, and I know that's an experience in itself. And then I just think the Saint, this year's Saints team versus this year's Packers team is just going to be a really well-matched game. And it would be really fun. Um, two dominant kind of quarterbacks going at it. Um, and probably one of the last times that they'll play against each other. Um, so I'm, I'm just – that's a game that I was – a little nervous about on the schedule, but I'm also looking forward to it, so I would like to go to that one. Justy? Yeah, I'm, I'm actually in the same boat. I, that Saints game, for a lot of the same reasons, I've never been to New Orleans, uh, so I want to go just for that. And uh, Packers and Saints have played some really fun games over the years. So, you know, regardless of the Rodgers versus Breeze thing, they just – they seem like they have some fun games, and so I just I want to you know I'm gonna I would like to go and go uh, we'll say four days ahead of time and two days after the fact and just just soak in everything down there and, and hopefully catch a really fun game too. Yeah, New Orleans is quite a, uh, a fun town, and one of my one of my friends had a destination bachelor party down there. Oh, nice! And uh, yeah, my goodness, that's a uh, there's there's just fun to be had every hour of the day. So uh, if you can go to New Orleans, definitely recommend it. For me, I would go to the Tampa game, Tampa Bay game. I think it'd be a lot of fun. Um, like you said, I want I kind of want to see Preston Smith, Zedaria Smith going after the statuesque Tom Brady who can't move anymore. Uh, who knows? My prediction of, uh, what is it, three games in? They, they played them in the second game, I think. Oh. No, I, got I, I have to look at I think it's like week five or something. I'm almost I, thought it, I thought it was week six. Yeah, because I oh. think – because we've talked about it before. I'm pretty sure you said Tom Brady will not be playing that game anymore. Ah, that's right. Yeah. I, I, looked at a, I looked at somebody's prediction where the Packers were losing like week one and week two, and it, saw, it was like a red image, and I just assumed they were losing – they had him losing to Tom Brady. So, uh, But, yeah, I think that would be – if if Tom Brady is alive and kicking at that point, I would, uh, I would like to watch that game. That would be a fun one because – I was at the last one where the Packers played the Patriots at Lambeau, and that one was a lot of fun to be at. And, uh, yeah, that would be a good game to go watch. Sarah, what is your your favorite uh, opposing fan base? Yeah, so we talked about this one a little before we started recording. I don't think any of us have a fan base outside of Green Bay where we're like, oh, yeah, we love that team. But um, for me, I kind of was like, what is the fan base that I don't necessarily mind or I'm easily annoyed by. Um, and so I just went with the Dolphins for this one because obviously growing up in Florida, a lot of my classmates and people that I grew up with were either Dolphins fans, Bucks fans, or Jaguars fans. It kind of just evenly spread out between the three teams. But the thing that always made me laugh about Dolphins fans is that they were just so hopeful because of players that they had in the past, like way, way in the past. <laughs> and that every year they were like, this is the year we're going to start and we're going to rebuild. And then it just never really happened and it never really happened. And then I know for the past few years they've had the tank for Tua um, hashtag going, trending, and their wish finally came true. So they had honestly have given me some good laughs over the years. <laughs> They're not a fan base where I'm ever like 
threatened because of that they're going to beat Green Bay or something like that either. So that's kind of who I went with. I uh, I had a couple different ways I was thinking of going. I actually almost, I, I was thinking Bears, uh, just honestly because most of my interactions with Bears fans have been fine. I've done some Bears podcasts, and for the most part, they're just they're just they're beaten down people. But I have seen some you know fairly aggressive people have come across them as well. So I might I don't think I'm gonna go with the Lions. I'm originally from that area, and they um, <laughs> I just. There's a sadness there and also a rage, but only, but a rage against their team. If you've not heard someone angrily scream like Jim Bob Cooter, you know this was like a, a couple of years ago. You have not lived. So and this uh, is a this is a uh, fan friendly podcast. You got to be careful what, you say, what you're saying there. Jim Bob was it Jim Bob? Um, yeah, so we'll go. I'll go Lions just because they they are passionate, but they're also just just sad. <laughs> Yeah, that's kind of where my mind went. I uh, I went with Browns fans because, I mean, their team has just been so bad. Their team was taken away from them. Mm-hmm. Then they got an expansion team that got renamed the same thing, and they've sucked the whole time. And it's just been nonstop horrible for them. So, like, every once in a while when a cool thing happens, you're like, hey, yeah, good for you. You, you got a new quarterback. All right, buddy, good job. <laughs> good for you. So that's kind of, you know. I think that's where I am. Like, you know, they, they're not a threat to the Packers or anything like that. So it makes I don't I don't mind giving them an attaboy once in a while. No big deal. <laughs> All right, now let's get to the uh, the meat and bones of this question: uh, peanut butter and jelly, grape or strawberry? I will tell you, we're going to expand upon this. We need to know if you're a smooth or crunchy peanut butter, your brand, and how you deal with your your bread. What do you mean, how you deal with your bread? Uh, exactly. Like, what type of bread? Do you toast oh. it? Do you? What do you do with your oh. bread, man? Come on. <laughs> I thought you meant, like, how – or I guess this is part of the question could be how we slice our bread for your sandwich. I mean, because some people are very – Let's like, get, it, get sure. into it, man. Just, just, okay. just talk, dude. All right. So uh, I like smooth peanut butter. I don't – I'm not really loyal to one brand, but I usually will just get Jif like I'm – not whatever is there, but that's kind of my go-to. Um, I would prefer strawberry, and I would just like it. There is this white mountain bread. I've talked about it on this podcast before. I know I have. And it's basically just, like, white bread with, like, powdered um, flour on the, like, crust. Mm-hmm. And it's really good. Um, and I wouldn't toast it, and I would cut it diagonally. So, um, you still cut your sandwich? Oh, Jesus Christ. Only cut. peanut butter and jelly. Does your mom cut it for you? Or? No. <laughs> mom, I said no crust. It's just an Uncrustable, Steve. <laughs> With Uncrustables. No, it's not. It's not. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm, I'm I feel gonna... like Eric, I know he, Eric Rose is a avid listener of our podcast. <laughs> and he was probably in the back of his mind like, this is a question where – Stephen Duffy to make fun of Sarah for being a child. Eating butter and jelly. And Thanks, Eric. <laughs> yeah, you really teed that one up. Appreciate that, buddy. Um, I, I, I'm going to go. You know, I used to be a crunchy man. I've become uh, more creamy peanut butter over the years. Specifically, uh, Peter Pan. The, the the Peter Pan creamy stuff is just tremendous. So Peter Pan creamy. I've given the choice between grape or strawberry. I go strawberry. For the bread, if it's at home, it's just whatever we have. It's usually like, you know, whole wheat, honey whole wheat, something like that. If it's at work and I really want to do it up, I'll buy like some um, some good, I'll go like Whole Foods or something, get like some sourdough or like mountain bread or something and toast that sucker. 
and then just just have a time, just have a big old time with it. So uh, that's that's where I go. I like it. Um, I will go uh, crunchy peanut butter as well and Jif all the time, nothing else. Uh, if anybody that is listening is a freak that eats the goober stuff that is the mix of peanut butter and jelly together, just stop listening right now and leave. Just just stop. That's that's just, oh, that's the thing that exists? Yeah. Oh, it's yeah. disgusting. It's a, it's a mix in one jar. It's peanut butter and jelly. Honestly, sometimes I will just eat a peanut butter sandwich, like not even with jelly. So that kind of freaks me out. Put some banana put some banana on it next time. There you go. I love it too. For breakfast. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh but yeah, so crunchy peanut butter, jiff every day, grape jelly every day. And then as Dusty said, I will do uh sourdough bread toasted all the time. It it it, it lifts the sandwich up. Agreed. Agreed. Alright, cool. Uh, I'm glad that we're all on board that Sarah's opinions are dumb and uh <laughs> Let's move on. Uh, we now have Sarah's burner account, which is Magdalena, uh, who wants to know about the first football slash Packer play that you really remember and why. And hers is Tremont Williams' end zone interception from the 2010 playoffs in the Eagles. So we can all tell why this is Sarah's burner account. <laughs> Uh, but Sarah, what's <laughs> hands over her face? She's pissed. Uh, what I is am. A... This is like the roast Sarah episode of the <laughs> podcast. Like I... <laughs> so uh, tell us, what is it when uh, when Rogers won the Super Bowl or what? What, what was your no, first? Memory? I'm going to surprise you with this answer. So I don't recall. I don't think I watched this live. Actually, I know I don't. I didn't watch this live because I was five years old when this happened in real time. But so you're just lying to us. No, okay. I I don't like have a memory of the first time I was sitting down watching a Packers game live and something happened where I remember it. But one of the first things I do remember about just watching anything Packers related at all was when I got a little bit older and I kind of started to learn more about sports and what they actually mean. My dad showed me clips from the notorious Monday night football game where Brett Favre played right after his dad passed away. Oh, and the Raiders I game, yeah. My dad explaining that to me, and my dad was obviously in love with Brett Favre like everyone else was, and he was like, this guy is amazing, and he did all of this. He's done so many great things, and here's just one. And I remember him sitting me down and showing me, and that was kind of my first moment where I was like, wow, sports are really cool, like, when I was a kid. And I'm like, that's amazing. And it was kind of like a heartfelt story, and it, there was, like, an emotional connection to it. So I think that's why I remember it. But I know, it, obviously, I was very young when it happened live, but that's probably my first memory of something Green Bay-related that I physically sat down and watched. That game's an all-timer, man. I love that For game. sure, Just- for sure. So many great plays. Uh, Javon Walker going up, climbing the ladder, grab that one is one of my all-time favorites. Just a tremendous game. Um, uh, is that when he was getting the cookies? He went up and got those cookies. <laughs> See, I'm glad it's taken off. I'm glad you're taking to this, dude. <laughs> no, I'm just trying to make fun of you. I know it didn't really work that well, but whatever. I reject that notion. Uh, <laughs> so... I but the one the one that really comes to mind. I'm not going to talk about it too much just because I feel like I'm I'm stepping on Steve's because we we discovered before we started talking <laughs> started recording <laughs> that me and Steve have the exact same memory. Um, so I'll let Steve elaborate on it a little bit. But uh, the first one I actually remember was in '92. That was a 65 yard bomb from Favre to Sharp. 
that Sharp pulled up around the two-yard line because he thought he was in the end zone and he was not because there was snow all over the ground, and then it got knocked out and he recovered it. Uh, so that's that's what, like I remember that. I don't remember where I was, but I remember that play vividly as like one of the first football plays I can remember. I guess I was I was probably 12 at the time, and we I didn't grow up in Green Bay, so we didn't get to watch a whole lot of Packers uh, games growing up. The the one that I remember where I was specifically details about it was week 17 of the 95 season, which was Packers, uh, Packers Steelers. Uh, ENC Thigpen dropped a touchdown that would have been essentially the game-winning touchdown on fourth down with 11 seconds left. That gave the Packers, that was Packers Steelers week 17, that gave the Packers the NFC Central Division. Uh, where they ended up going to the conference championship game that year. So they, so they won that over the Lions. And I remember we were at um, – they won the, the conference over the Lions, I guess. Uh, we were – my dad was preaching a couple churches in Indiana. So we were up in the Parsonage that weekend. We were up there every weekend and back in Kentucky uh, during the week. And we had a crappy little black-and-white TV that I got for th- for free at a thrift store. And I remember I had, I had to buy a plug – uh, from somewhere else to like Jerry rig it in there because it just didn't have a plug in it, uh, and it was uh, the tiniest little black and white TV. And I remember watching watching that game uh, around that TV and just going nuts. With, and it, <laughs> it had a crappy antenna, and you couldn't tell what was happening, so it was a little fuzzy. So we're like, did he drop it? I couldn't tell if he dropped it. Uh, so once once we found out he dropped it, we knew what that meant, and that was awesome. So that was like the first big. I guess I was I was 15 at the time, but that was one of my first big. Like I remember the specific details about that one. That was a, that was a, that was a good game. Good game. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I, th- we, we definitely talked about the, the, the play with Favre and Sharp and that was kind of crazy. I think for me, the, the, some of the stuff that I remember is like that, that transition between Favre and Mikowski, like, cause I remember being a Mikowski fan. I remember having, I'm sure Dusty, you'll remember this, but like one of those T-shirts where they used to have like the NFL player as a cartoon, but yep. have like the giant head and the tiny body. Mm-hmm. Totally had one of those that said Magic Man on it. It did. Was it the uh, one that had the little wand and everything? I believe so. Okay, yeah. Nice. Uh, I'm not. I'm not sure, but yeah, wand in one hand, football in the other. Yep. That does sound pretty familiar. Uh, so he, I was a big fan of him, and I still like. I still recall like you know Favre's first pass after he goes in for uh, an injured Mikowski and gets batted and he catches his own pass and I'm sitting there and I'm like, who is this guy? Like, what is going on? <laughs> like, I, God, I hope Mikowski comes back soon. And, you know, obviously that was a wrong take. Uh, but, uh, yeah, just there's so many of those, like, kind of intermingled in between there. Um, things like that, just that, that like – Reliving the the Sterling Sharp days and and things like that. That was that was always kind of when I started to get like my fandom as a kid. So that was a lot of fun for me. Let's see, next up we've got Eli Berkovitz. He wants to know who's going to be the guy next to uh, Kenny Clark. He loves Kingsley's potential, but haven't seen a lot. Do you think still think that they could add somebody? So Dusty, you kind of had a few thoughts about this one. We'll let you just take this. Yeah, I mean, I think if they add someone, it'd be Snacks Harrison. But I'm kind of of the mind that if they've not added anyone yet, they're not going to. So I think the obvious answer is uh, Trevon Hester, who they brought in, you know, about a month ago now, two months ago now, whenever that was. Um, I, I, he seems like the most likely candidate to take over. Kingsley Kiki, I like. I mean, his skill set. 
uh, seems more at this point more pass rusher than than kind of body up front to, to clog up and, and kind of take on blockers, which I know he is putting on bulk, but I don't know that his game is there yet. Uh, and then the other answer would be, you know, potentially Montrevious Adams. We heard all the hype last year and, you know, nothing came out of it. So if Montrevious Adams takes a step up, I think he's he's likely the guy. But at this point, I think it's uh, – I think Trayvon Hester's got to be the guy. And if they add someone, maybe it's just I'm hoping – I'm hoping for snacks. But I at this point, I don't think they're adding anyone else, no. Yeah, I don't think there's a whole lot of money there available no. to be adding anybody else. Next up, we've got uh, – we actually had two questions that were very similar, so we're going to kind of lump them together. The first one was from Packers Worldwide, who kind of wants to know how uh, wide receiver two through four shakes out. And then Mike uh, Kawano kind of went a little bit more in-depth and wants to know if it's a bad thing that Green Bay has the quintet of Lazard, EQ, Funches, MVS, and Jace – end up with 35 to 55 catches, 400 to 600 yards, 4 to 6 TDs behind Devontae, who then would have 90, 1,300 yards, 12 touchdowns. Is this better or worse than one guy um, of the wide receivers running away with wide receiver two? So, Sarah, what did you think about that? I think it's better. I think it's absolutely better to have a, I think he described it, a quintet, right, of guys um, behind Devontae Adams. Um, I know, I think it works to your benefit to obviously have a solid number two, but if you can find multiple guys that are able to be targets for Aaron Rodgers, then in my mind, that's even better. That's more people they can turn to. Um, This is an offense that we saw at times. Wide receivers from number one to the bottom of the list were making plays and having their number called at times last year. I mean, we saw when Devontae was out last year. Some of the twos and threes were really able to step up and solidify their skill set and a pretty significant role on the team. So I'd much rather have that depth um, than maybe just one or two guys, and then it kind of falls out after that. I would feel more secure having a depth of a few guys behind Devontae. Yeah, I I agree with all that. I think the only the only thing it has it would have no bearing whatsoever on this next season because if you get that production of those guys, that's that's amazing for all the reasons Sarah just said. I think the the only other point that I would like to make I think would be from a uh, from a purely developmental standpoint, you would hope that someone you know MVS or EQ or maybe even Lazard steps up into that role you know just for the point of for the point of the point I'm trying to make um, maybe not Funches because Funches is on that one-year deal but you'd hope that one of those younger guys that you kind of you you drafted you know you drafted those guys and you hope that one of them hits and becomes that number two just for down the road it'd be nice if one of them stepped into the number two but for this season alone just based on how how it plays out having that production out of those guys would be just absolutely tremendous but it would be nice to see EQ or MVS uh, step up to be like, oh, hey, maybe this can be the guy. I'm a little disappointed he didn't have um, touchdown Jesus to it, but, you know, it, it is what it is, whitewater Jesus. But I try, I try to leave him his name out of my mouth, Steve. Well, so I didn't actually say his name. I just went with the nickname for you. Thank you. Uh, you know, just to be nice to you. But, yeah, I mean, I, I don't think there's much else I can say. I, I agree with you guys completely, like – the the ability to go up and down the wide receiver group and have all those guys be productive would be amazing. I believe it's kind of unlikely that they're going to have five guys that will step up and have that type of production. So 
like Dusty said, I would say hopefully you'll have one or two, one guy that will be that they drafted be able to be that number two a little bit more reliable. Have Jay step up and then see what else they can shake out from there. I think that's a little more realistic. But if five guys are are all producing, that's unbelievably awesome for the Packers offense and um, having Rodgers being able to spread the ball around would be would be outstanding. Next up, we've got Professor Cheddarhead which is an outstanding name. Uh, if you were brought in as the GM, who is your cap casualty for the Packers this year? Um, Dusty, do you want to start us off? I mean, I guess, or kind of take us through a little bit of the thought process. We did do some research into this, and uh, why don't you kind of explain where the Packers are sitting? Yeah, I mean, I, I – um... I closed the page because uh, I'm smart and I don't have the numbers in front of me. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, what we were doing, we were looking and saying, you know, <laughs> you're looking for. I mean, we're looking for cap casualties, so we're looking for who can you cut that you can save, you know, a decent amount of money off of that 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 is that has say a high price tag but a lowish dead cap hit or something. And there's really not that many guys. I mean, one of the, the I think the guy that would give the most relief was you know a few million, and that was Lindsley, but they don't. <laughs> <laughs> they don't have anyone behind Lindsley. I mean, it's a whole lot of stuff like that. There's there's guys that could that you could potentially cut, but the dead cap is higher than their actual hit, or you're saving, you know, maybe one or two million. I know Steve, just from a um, positional standpoint, I know you brought up Jamal Williams, but I think the savings yep. there is maybe a million dollars, a shade over a million. So they really, just on how they're structured, there's not a whole lot of places. There's not a whole lot of guys you can cut. And really get a whole lot of savings out of it. Now, if we're talking who we would – and so that kind of opens us up. That's fun because then you can cut whoever and it doesn't really matter. So I'm cutting Jake Kumaro because I don't want him on the team anymore. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not, not really saving anything. Let's just get him up out of there, please. Uh, that's, that's that's fine. <laughs> so, yeah, to clear things up, Jamal Williams would save about $2 million. Dead cap hit of $141,000. Um, and then Corey Lindsley was the other one who would have a dead cap hit of two million, and his um, let's see, his cap hit right now is ten point five. So he would he would save eight point five million. Uh-huh. However, you don't have a starting center behind him. So does that really make a lot of sense? Uh, not really. Sarah, did you have anybody else that you'd thought of? No, I kind of just backed up what you guys said, and I know we had talked about it. There was no one where really we would cut, but then we all of a sudden have this extra cash on hand where we can go out and get somebody that we've been dreaming of. There just isn't those kind of resources with the way that the team is structured. So it was kind of a difficult one to pinpoint one person exactly. Yeah, I mean, honestly, there's not much. If you look at the guys that are all the way at the top, like – I mean, Rodgers, Darius Smith, Devontae Adams, Bakhtiari, Preston Smith, Adrian Amos, like the one that we had kind of, I had kind of batted around a little bit. I'm like, well, what about Billy Turner? What if Billy Turner – what if one of the guards that they drafted all of a sudden in camp is, like, amazing? And they're like, oh, we have our guard of the future. This is awesome. We can get rid of Billy Turner. Well, Billy Turner's cap hit is $8.1 million, and his dead cap hit is 9.75. So, <laughs> yeah, that's not really going to work. So, the way that, like we said, the way the Packers are structured, it's probably unlikely that there's going to be a surprise cap hit this, or cap casualty this year. 
Uh, okay, let's see. Let's jump into the next, the last two. We've got uh, James D., who wants to know, historically, four teams that made the playoffs last year, uh, or made the playoffs the year before, don't make it back the next year. What are the four teams that you see, you do not see making it back to the playoffs this season? So, Sarah, let's start with you. Who do you think is not coming back to the show, to the dance? All right, so I went with, the Texans, the Bills, the Titans, and the Eagles. Um, the Texans, just the dumpster fire that was <laughs> their off season, has me a little worried about their potential for 2020. I literally just the other day, I was working from home and I kind of zoned out for a second and was like, oh my God, DeAndre Hopkins isn't on the Texans anymore. Like, this <laughs> kind of hit me. I feel like so much has happened since then, and I literally remember at the very beginning of quarantine and when the coronavirus really started to pick up, that had kind of happened, and I, we were just in complete shock. Like, that is the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. So that's kind of when I went there, where I went there. Um, the Titans and the Bills, both of them, I just think they're two teams that could be really close, but then – miss um I don't know that's just where I went there and then the Eagles I just don't like the Eagles like at all so I just (laughs) saw them on the list of oh yeah who made the playoffs again last year and I just was like go away I don't like (laughs) and also I feel like they are a team that could get bounced so my um I, I we overlapped a couple. I've got Patriots, Texans, Vikings, Titans. So I've got three from the AFC, one from the NFC. Uh, Patriots just because they they don't have a whole lot of money, and it certainly seems like they're rolling with Stidham at quarterback, and that doesn't seem like a good idea. Um, it's still Belichick, and you know he's. I don't know if you guys heard this. He's pretty good at what he does. So like maybe they pull something out. Uh, you know, reengineers the entire offense, and Stidham throws like you know. I don't know five passes in the entire year, and they go full triple option with it, and they just they just beat everyone that way. But I I don't know this this seems like a Cam uh, Newton baby. It's gonna happen. They don't have any money. We talked about this. That'd be perfect. They don't, if they don't have He's any not, money. Nobody's offering if, him any money anyway. If, now that's the th- we talked about that. If he wants to take a hit, and if he wants a one year low money deal for the chance of the championship, then th- then I'm putting the Patriots back in. But as things stand now, Patriots out. Texans out for Sarah just said Bill O'Brien the GM is going to sabotage Bill O'Brien the coach and I think I think that's coming home to roost uh, this year uh, Vikings just because well, we talked about this I think a couple weeks ago or last week or something just the the amount of turnover there that even with you know I think they had a pretty good draft even with that I don't think they're going to be good immediately and then if Dalvin Cook holds out um, that's another weapon out like it just I don't. I don't see with the turnover. I think the Vikings are out. And then the Titans, just because I think a whole lot of things had to go right for them last year. I think we talked about that. Like, once they started paying those guys that had, like, one big year last year, it certainly seems like the wheels could fall off of that fairly quickly. So uh, that's that's my four out. Patriots, Texans, Vikings, Titans. And I went with uh, most, most like Dusty, but Patriots, Texans, Vikings, and Seahawks. So... Kind of agree with you guys on everything uh, that you guys all said about all the other teams, and I would just go into the Seahawks because they're in the division with the 49ers, the Rams, and the rising Arizona Cardinals. Uh, Russell Wilson's getting older. Um, I, I mean, I could easily see the Seahawks going third, fourth in that division. It wouldn't shock me in the slightest. Uh, they seem to get hit by the injury bug 
pretty consistently, and their offensive line is always just a S show nonstop. So, to me, I would love to see Pete Carroll not in the playoffs. That would make me happy. <laughs> so, uh, I guess that's uh, kind of the way I'm gonna go. So. We had the same thought process just with the mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, I just I hate the Seahawks, and I don't want to see them win. So, yeah, if they're not in the playoffs, that would make me very happy. That would make me very happy. All right, so we will go to the last one of the mailbag. We've got Sam Toma. Leroy Butler should be in the Pro Football Hall of Fame, and the fact that Steve Atwater made it, before, made it first should be a felony. Well, Sam, that's not really a question, but you're goddamn right. Uh, <laughs> don't really have anything else to add to that. I think we've talked a little on Leroy before. He's uh, definitely a Pro Bowl player, should be in there. But, um, yeah, that's a good way to end it, I think. Yeah, yeah, it's it's absolute, absolute. If you watch Leroy Butler, absolute travesty he's not in. It's just, it's absolutely ridiculous. It's still, I just, I'm just mad about it. It's one of the things I get really mad about is Leroy Butler not in the Hall of Fame. I can just tell, furious. like... I wish I always say this that I wish people could see our faces when we're recording because Ducky's <laughs> expression literally just <laughs> the most serious, angry face I think I've ever seen. Dusty, uh, that was that was wild from you. Thank you. <laughs> it's getting crazy on the Pack a Day podcast. That's right. All right. Uh, well, thank you guys, as always, for the questions. It's always a lot of fun to, to hear the things that you want to talk about. Sorry we weren't able to get to everything. Um, but appreciate the questions, as always, on Twitter. Uh, before we go, closing thoughts. Sarah, what do you got for us? Yeah, I would just say I know there's a lot going on right now. So uh, be kind to others. Be kind to yourself. And then, um, you know, Speak when you can, um, stick up for other people when you can, and um, and yeah, just be kind to others. And that's I hope that's something that you know with the recent events that's happening, not something that you've just had to start thinking about, but that you've always thought about too. And if you haven't, then maybe this is a time where you can start to learn and grow um, about things in those areas. So yeah, and I'm sure Dusty has some great articles that he's going to plug. So I'll let him take that away now. I've got one that makes me a little sad. It's my last last one for Cheesehead for the time being. i got to figure out what I'm going to do next, but I'm going through the 2019 season. And uh, I'm at the NFC Championship game. Uh, Ooh, Dougie. So not great. So, I, you know, I did pick uh, five plays from there that I that I liked and kind of talk about. The... Like, can you just not? <laughs> I thought about it. I did think about it, then ultimately decided against it. Because no, he can't. There's the, there's a Jay Sternberger touchdown in there. He's got I didn't even break that one down. Did not even Ooh. talk about that one. Not even talk about is it because you've broken it down in other articles? Yeah, it, it, <laughs> that is the main reason, Steve. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, I mean, there's, there's still some fun stuff to look at there. Uh, you know, before the game got out of hand, and, and even some play design stuff that was fun. So that's up today, and that's my last one at Cheesehead uh, until I figure out something else to do. Which I think I think I'm going to do a deep dive on EQs 2018, and so that'll be up at some point, but I'm not sure when. Um, I think that's about it. I mean, really, for I'll plug uh, everyone's listening to this. 
I everyone who is listening to this, I guess, if you've not listened to Andy Herman's podcast from earlier this week where he talks about he went through all of Jordan Love's 2018 film and he talks about that, tremendous job. And he actually wrote that up over at um, Packer Report as well, kind of talking about the 12 things he learned from watching it, the good, the bad, and, and it's it's Andy. And so he does such he's just such an amazing job, just very concise, but it backs up all of his points on everything super, super, super well. So if you've not listened to that episode of Pack a Day with Andy talking about Jordan Love, I think that was from... Uh, Sunday, this past Sunday, uh, definitely give that a listen. And and lastly, I guess just to echo Sarah's points, yeah, just be be nice to people. Um, if you don't have anything to say, that's fine, but just listen. And um, and if uh, if you need anything, we've talked, we've, we've said this a million times. If you guys need anything, just to chat about sports or not sports or whatever, uh, our DMs are always open on Twitter. So please do not hesitate to hit us up there. Yeah. And Steve, before you go, I forgot to say it will be when you guys listen to this, it will have be yesterday, but it's Maggie's birthday today. Mm-hmm. Our podcast friend, um, friend of me, however, however you want, but <laughs> I don't ever look at Maggie as an enemy because she's just been one of the nicest. Uh, who was saying it? Her, she's an enemy. No, I'm Sarah. Is. Wow. No, Dude, throwing. Like throwing knives back. at Maggie on why her does birthday. Sa- wow. Steve, why is Sarah holding a knife right now? Jeez. I don't know why she's holding that knife right I'm now. That is scary. I joke with her other – it's never Maggie. It's her other <laughs> podcast team members. We always joke that we have, like, a competitive rivalry between their group and our group and how we switch days. So that's why I was just joking. I love okay. – Sure, sure. Way to walk that one back, sir. No, job. I was trying to be nice and give her a birthday <laughs> shout-out because she – And you called her a frenemy. Like, that, I don't know. <sighs> you, ha- you happy this one's over already? She's, gonna, <laughs> she's going to murder you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really far away from her. It's not going to happen. It's okay. Uh, yeah, I don't really have much going uh, as far as closing thoughts. Just uh, like you guys said – be smart out there if you're going to go to protests, um, if you're going to go out in the world, just be smart, wear a mask. Even if you think it's stupid, just try to protect some other people and think about everybody else in the world and be as nice as you can whenever you can. And um, we will be back next week. Thank you guys again, everybody on Twitter, uh, for all the questions. Follow us for all our jackassery uh, at Dusty Evely, at Sarah Kelleher, for at Steve Furhatch in the Packaday Podcast, at Packaday Podcast. Reviews are always uh, much, much appreciated. Five stars, if you can, if you kind of like us once in a while. We, I mean, we talk about peanut butter and jelly and Oreos a lot, but we still bring the Packer stuff. So. Um, and then we get to brag to all the other Packaday posts when we get five-star reviews. So, again, if you can do that's always fun for us. Thank you for listening. Stay safe, stay healthy, and as always, go pack, go.
Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified health care provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new health care regimen, including EE system.